Bueller and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. It's high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing here. It's time to go inside the electric factory on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. It's the Steelers Blitz between the two of us. We've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. But what you should know by now is if you want to get involved with the show, we'll take your questions, your comments, your concerns, and your reactions on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body Mozi, what up, though? Man, you were like really high pitch right there. I like that, man. I am well. Can't complain, man. You know, actually, I am not well. Uh oh, I might be hungover. Hmm. Oh, how about whoa, that? You coming straight how, with how, the honesty how, here? How today, about huh? that, huh? How about you that? coming straight with the honesty, yeah, huh? Yeah. It, it, you know what? I blame my significant other. <laughs> I'm throwing her under the bus this morning. Okay, Wes, can I get a moment? You sure can, yeah. Can Tell I get me a moment? So, listen, did she, did she make you get into one on a school night? Listen, listen, Wes. My wife of 10 long, amazing years had asked me earlier, you know, hey, let's do a date night. I said, okay, babe, you love know Love a good what? date night. You got to go date night, right? Keep the marriage fresh. That's what love we like a, to yeah, do, right? We're, we're big date night people. Heck yeah. So she says, let's go to Bakersfield Tacos. I'm like, All right, cool. I love tacos, man. Can't go wrong with a taco. So I get the tacos. It's good. And she's like, I want to go visit this festive holiday theme establishment. A watering hole, some might call it. I had no idea what I was walking into. It was like Christmas threw up inside of a building with a lot of Christmas throwing up drinks. And before I knew it, my wife is just like, hey, babe, we're enjoying the moment. Consume one. Consuming it to the point okay. where I'm, I'm sending videos to you of me singing. Take me home. Yeah, that was a that was a pleasant surprise. That was a pleasant <laughs> to surprise. To the place I'm not gonna lie. where I belong. So yes, yes, I'm a little tired right now. I'm a little <sighs> headache. No, 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 no headache. Cause you know I'm OG. Can't caught up, no caught up in the sauce. But but you know I, I feel like my candle was burnt on both ends last <laughs> oh, night. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I can't remember the last time that I've had this feeling, <laughs> and it's only one corporate. <laughs> It's my wife. So I'm blaming her today, all right? <laughs> so if y'all hit me on one today, just know it's her fault. Because she wanted to have a little fun on date night. Yeah, yeah, throwing wifey under the bus. I get yep. it. She's not here yep. to defend herself. Nope. I, I and get that's it. what we're going to do it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you only hear my version of it. And that's all that matters. Listen, Arthur Motes is fully in the Christmas spirit. Nine days here and counting now. Fully. It, it. Went out for the Christmas drinks last night. He's got the Peanuts shirt on today. You know what it is, man. Good we out grief. here. We out here, baby. Let's go. Motsi, one guy who appears that he is not going to be out here, at least early indicators, not good. Yeah. Not good. We'll keep an eye on today's practice report, but Wednesday is the first day that we start paying attention to these things. You and I talked about this yesterday, how we're interested to see what Joe Hayden's status is 
on the practice report. If he's limited, that's a really good sign. You know, maybe he'll be full on Thursday and he'll be good to go for the weekend. If he does not practice again on Wednesday, that again, that's that's not the death sentence for his status on Sunday, but it's certainly not a good start. It's certainly right. not a positive indicator. Well, Arthur Motes, yesterday afternoon, the practice report comes out. Did not practice Ben Roethlisberger. I think that's expected. Adams, that's expected because he's been added to the COVID list. And Joe Hayden, still listed with that foot injury. DNP did not practice. This, this continues to, to be a concern for me, Motsi. We, we know that there's injury concerns, injury issues everywhere. But, man, Joe Hayden just seems like a guy that they so clearly need back. We'll, we'll talk about Highsmith and Watt and their status, and we know that those guys are very important too. But I, I, I think you've seen – up close and personal, what what the absence of Joe Hayden has meant these last couple weeks. Yeah, without a doubt, um, we instant instantly focus on the on field, the playmaking ability because he does provide playmaking and splash. He's been a guy that since he's been here, even though he's going to drop his fair share of interceptions, he's also going to catch his fair share. I mean, we've seen him lead the team and flirt with our. Uh, either flirt with or tie the league lead in interceptions at times as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been a very very productive on field guy, but. The thing I think of the most when you talk about Joe Hayden and his absence is the leadership that he provides. It's a certain swagger that he plays with, a certain level of confidence that he has, and it's contagious. Guys look out there, and you see him on that that corner, and you're like, man, I just feel better about it. I just feel like this defense is going to work. I feel like we got that part of this coverage, of this call, situated. And he's a fun guy to be around as well. The energy that he has, he's always bouncing around, always smiling, just loves life. A guy that is just always on cloud nine, a guy that you want to mm-hmm. play with and be around, that is contagious, especially late in games when things get a little tight, when things aren't going the way you necessarily want them to go. Correct. You need guys like him to just kind of give you some life, to give you a little hope, to let you know that, hey, man, I know everybody's going to just, you know, pile it on you. And, yeah, we might have earned this, but at the same time, it's not the end of the world. Right. At the same time, we can make a play. We can come up out of this thing and be just fine. That's the other part that I think doesn't get talked about enough when you're talking about the absence of Joe Hayden, the impact that that has, not just on the cornerback room, but on the defense as a whole. Yeah, no, that's well said. That's well said, obviously, by by somebody who who has a uh, personal relationship with Joe Hayden has has, Got my dog. has seen those things um, firsthand. It's it's a significant loss. Look, Akilo Witherspoon, I think has has done some really good things over the last couple weeks, but it's just there's that, that, that it's that trickle down effect, right? When when Joe Hayden is healthy, when Joe Hayden is playing, and it kind of works the opposite way when he's out of the lineup. When Joe Hayden's healthy, when Joe Hayden's out there is, is your number one corner. That allows you to do more things with Witherspoon, with Pierre, with Cam Sutton. Right. It, 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 it makes everything more copacetic, to use a Craig Wolfley term, hey, hey, hey. in the secondary. It's, there, there's a real trickle-down effect of his, of, his, of his presence there in the secondary. But like I said, it works the other way too, Motsi, where when he's not out there, all of a sudden you're asking Cam Sutton to do a little bit more. You're asking yeah. Witherspoon to do a little bit more. You're asking Pierre to do a little – Justin Lane to do a little bit more. And while those guys have made plays at times – they're, they're just not Joe Hayden. I don't think I'm stepping on anybody's toes or offending anybody in saying that. You're offending me, actually. <laughs> he Listen, we know the Steelers, um, how important Cam Hayward and TJ Watt are to this defense. Um, but, man, I, I, think, I think Joe Hayden's in that, in that same conversation, and it, it doesn't make me feel great. Um, 
with his status as of yesterday. Again, we'll, we'll look today, and, and maybe if he's a limited participant today, that would be a, an encouraging a move. But if he's DNP today, again, Motsi, that that seems like it's <sighs> all but guaranteed that yeah. he's going to miss a third third straight game, third straight game, fourth straight game. L.A. Cincinnati. Oh wow, fifth straight game. Because did he? I don't. I don't know. I'm just pulling up. We got to play the guest game. I don't like playing the guest game. I thought he was. I thought he did play in one of those games, but maybe didn't finish. Right. Let's. The I'm pulling game. it up right now. Don't worry. Okay. I yeah, know. Yeah, Listen. Yeah. I know that you got the you got the notes and now. you got the work and you got everything. Yeah. Uh, Joe Hayden's last game was Week Ten oh, against the Detroit Lions. Man. So this would be five straight. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that was with the. Let me see. One. Yeah. 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 Detroit was his last game. One tackle. Yep. Since then has not been available. Hmm. Eight games played this season. Yeah. Whew, man. Crazy. That's it's it's not good. And you know, you and I've had this this chicken or the egg conversation before, right? As in is Joe Hayden being extra cautious with his health status because he knows he's going to be a free agent and because you know, he knows he, with that, he doesn't want to go out there and put, you know, bad tape on film that, you know, teams might use against him in contract negotiations this offseason. And then maybe the other side of that is, you know, him missing this time is part of the reason why. Like, I think there's a real chicken or the egg thing right. there. You know, is it is it Joe being extra cautious? Is this part of the reason why the Steelers were hesitant to give him that contract extension? It certainly asks a lot of questions. But the one thing that we all agree on is that the Steelers need that guy out there and that would be a substantial loss. You know, it definitely would, man. And, I mean, it's unfortunate because I don't feel like if it was one of those things where we could, like, see him down and in pain, I think it hits a little different, right? But because we never can just, like, point to a moment where it was like, well, this is what happened and this looked bad and we expect it to be this long, I think also that's – you know, why we feel the way we feel because we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how to prepare ourselves. Right, uh, right. Is this a two-week variety or is it a five-week variety like we're seeing it and potentially longer? I think all of those things have really, you know, changed how we have been viewing this and also the urgency with it. And that's why to see a guy like Akello and how he was able to play this past game, yes, it was really impressive because we needed that. It's like, man – if you're him, you got to be looking at it and saying to yourself, well, the longer Joe is unavailable, the bigger of an audition and opportunity I have to not just remain on the roster, but potentially play myself into a nicer contract that could, you know, represent me being the starting corner. Absolutely. Out here. I mean, because it is open, regardless of what happens with Joe the rest of this season, next year is completely on the table. It's, we don't have a first-round pick that was already here from a year ago that is penciled in as that guy. We don't have that. So if Akello can come out here and continue to put together multiple interception performances like he's doing, yeah, yeah, man. He earned himself some nice, some real, real nice. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, one man gathers what another man spills. It is certainly an opportunity um, for some of those guys in the secondary to continue uh, to put their their resume on tape. But it's it's concerning. Joe Hayden, what looking like a uh, possibility that he's going to be out of action for the fifth straight week. Limited, some better news here. Spillane was limited. Highsmith was limited. Watt was limited. Kevin Rader as well, too. That's good news on that trio, I would think, right? Motsi Spillane, Highsmith, Watt. Yes. Um, limited yesterday. Hopefully they're full today. Um, because, again, you know, along with Joe Hayden, clearly Alex Highsmith, uh, T.J. Watt are two guys that you need out there. And Robert Spillane as well, too. I oh, mean, question. I mean, we saw how we, we were rotating through linebackers. We saw how we were rotating yeah. through linebackers on Thursday. 
would have been nice to have Spillane as, as one of those stones that, that could have been turned over. And then your full participants, Davis and Bugs, both back to full. That that bodes well for you know some much-needed depth in the front seven as well, too, particularly when, when Adams is on the COVID list. That's your Wednesday practice report, and obviously we'll be keeping an eye this afternoon on the Thursday practice report, and we will uh, you know kind of break that down and, and what that all means. Tamaro on the show. Motsi, now it is time for my favorite thing to do on a Thursday. Uh-oh, and what is that? A little three things Thursday. Well, hello there. Well, actually, you know what I should say? My favorite thing to do on a Thursday is, is it probably talk to our buddy Brian Backo, but don't you know? Don't, uh, don't tell him. Don't tell him I said that. Okay. I don't want. His, I was gonna say I like to sleep. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't yeah. want his head to get any bigger. You know, yeah, Mr. Brian Backo. This is true. Three things Thursday. Simple concept. We take the Steelers' upcoming opponent. We say three things that we think they do well, and three ther- three areas, three things that they struggle with. Arthur Motes, it is the Christmas season, so I is demand. It Christmas season. It certainly is. You better believe it. I demand that we start today with the positive. We start with the holly mm-hmm. and the jolly, the good of the Tennessee Titans. Okay. I will tee you up here, partner. Number one on your likes of the Tennessee Titans. What you got for me? Well, for me, this is simple. Their commitment to running the ball jumps off the screen mm-hmm. to me. Um, it doesn't matter if Derrick Henry is out there. It doesn't matter if it's Donta Foreman. It doesn't matter if it's um, was it McIntosh. It doesn't matter if it's any of those guys. They are going to try to run the ball. That is one thing that they have done really well at times this season. Now, obviously, without Derrick Henry, it hasn't been to the same level of effectiveness, but their conscientious effort to continue to run the ball, to continue to just – keep the attempts and make you yeah. play them honest to me man that jumps off the screen uh and it's not something that's easy to do especially when you're playing in some of these games where they might be down they still run that ball and it keeps them on schedule it keeps them protected and it keeps them from turning the ball over as much as well because when you lose a Derrick Henry obviously that puts a lot more pressure on a Ryan Tannehill and the more he's forced to throw the ball, the more he turns it over, which we've seen more this season, the most since he's been in Tennessee. But that's a direct reflection of what happens when you lose a Derrick Henry and you have to start throwing a little bit more. Right. But as a whole, they still have a very good commitment to running that rock. They do. They absolutely do. And you know what? I might as well go there, too, so we can stay on the topic. Uh, yeah, I, I had number one for likes is their run game post Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, Deonta Foreman, you, you mentioned. Uh, again, I'm not going to say that he's, you know, he's been Derrick Henry, but he has been a, a heck of a – what do they call that in theater? Understudy? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's been the perfect understudy. He's come in. He has continued. They've run the ball successfully. Um, you know, he hasn't had maybe some of the ground-shaking, back-breaking plays that Derrick Henry makes, but the yards are still there. The, the you know, the elongating of drives and allowing them to possess the football is still there. You know, I, I picked Deonta Foreman up in free agency a few weeks ago, and then he's been killing it for me. He's scoring touchdowns. He's putting up yards. I'm with you. I, I think a lot of us thought, oh, no, the Titans' offense is going to fall apart mm-hmm. because if Derrick Henry's not there, they'll be able to cue on you know their talented wide receivers. They'll be able to make life miserable for Ryan Tannehill. And, hey, again, the, the offense hasn't been as great as it was with Derrick Henry. Duh, the best running back in football. But I, I'm with you. Number one for me, the thing that stands out about this team, man, when Derrick Henry went out, I think a lot of people thought the offense was going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. They have they have kept it humming very nicely um, in, in the run game still, along with the, with Deonta Foreman and obviously the offensive line, who deserves a lot of credit there. They've kept that ship moving, and that's a, a big reason why you know they're more than likely going to be a double-digit, unless they completely fall apart, they're right. going to be a double-digit win team this season. 
despite missing Derrick Henry for the majority of the year. That's that's impressive. This is true. This no, is true. But two for you, Arthur. Mose. Yeah, the second thing for me, um, this goes to their whole team. I want to talk about their physicality. When you watch them, man, they are a very physical team. They do not shy away from contact. They are not going to turn down an opportunity to give you a little thump of ruski before the play ends. And I really like that about them. Like I said, not the most fundamentally sound, not yeah. the best in terms of talent, not even playing the best in terms of skill. But in terms of just having that physical demeanor, you talk about being a reflection of the coach, Mike Vrabel. Yes. You watch them play offense, defense, and special teams, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. They are a no-nonsense unit. They want to punch you in the face. That's what they want to accomplish. They want to be physical at the line of scrimmage. They want to be physical on the perimeters. Now, like I said, not saying that they're the best, but that physicality has definitely helped them get out of stadiums, which is why their record is what it is. It turns to be a 9-4. and four. Yes. And you think about how long Derrick Henry has been gone as well. That physicality, man, that has not shifted. That has not wavered one iota. So, yeah, for me, man, I definitely got to talk about that physicality. I like it. And maybe I'll kind of piggyback again. Big part of the physicality of the Tennessee Titans, Arthur Butts, you knew I was going here. My second like of this team, linebacker David Long Jr. Motsi, mm-hmm. it is just Mr. Long's, let's see, third year in the league. Had to, had to calculate there for a quick second. Third year in the league, 2019 draft pick. This is the 2021 season. And Motsi, he is he's blossomed into one of the better off-ball linebackers in the National Football League. David Long Jr., I forget where he went to college. Oh, that's right. Oh, I looked it up here real quick. West Virginia University was just an absolute beast in the Big 12. Uh, finished runner-up Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year you know, to some this, Oklahoma this guy. guy. This guy. Oklahoma guy for two straight years. <laughs> went in the sixth round. Was a sixth-round draft pick like my colleague who, Arthur Motsi. Who happened to be that Oklahoma guy, by the way? Uh, the first one was the defensive tackle who's a beast. I forget who the second the second one was not Trey Norwood, but it was another it was right. another defensive back. Uh David Long Jr. was incredibly productive in college. Really very good. good. Everybody knew he was gonna be good in the NFL. The oh, reason that, that right? the reason that he was a six round draft pick uh-huh. is because, you know, big big twelve don't play defense. <laughs> wow. I know you big school guys have these issues. <laughs> I think WVU's a big school. Hold on, hold the phone now, cousin. Wow. You're in a Power 5 conference? Oh, yeah, sure. You're but, big school, you know, man. we don't play on the same playing field as Oklahoma and Texas and oh, man, Penn y'all, State. Y'all big time, Ohio man. State. Y'all big time. Ohio State. David Long Jr., Arthur Motes, last five games, right? Let's let's break it down recently here. Last five games, 49 tackles. Whoo! And an interception. How we do it. That's my boy. He's killing it. He's one of the more underrated, one of the better off-ball linebackers. No, very underrated. He is a good In the National Football League. I'm excited to watch him. Najee, uh, there'll be some fun duels in there. Uh, Number two for me, David Long Jr. Patrolling the middle of the park for the Tennessee Titans. No, I like it. I like it. Now, like I said, man, David's definitely a really good player, man. Underrated, but I like his game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, I, I'm not out here saying yeah. that he's Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley, No, 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 but no, he's, but, but he's a good player. He's though. a good player. Yeah, he's he's, he's good very player. underrated. Yeah. To me, I thought of him kind of like the Chris Wormley vein in terms of, like, highly consistent, good player. You win with players like that. No, he's not going to necessarily wow you in some of his stuff, but, man, he's a good player. Solid. Like, yeah, you, he's a good player. Yeah. That's what you win with, guys like that, man. Yep. Let's keep it real. Yep. So, yeah, I like that, man. But uh, the last thing that I like about this team um, is their coach. 
I think that he's very fearless in his demeanor and his approach to the game. And like I said, it's reflected amongst his team. They are well-coached unit. You watch how prepared they are, and you watch in the manner in which they win these games. Sometimes they're very close, and they do not care who they're playing against. It can be Buffalo. It could be Pittsburgh. It could be whoever you want to throw out there. They're going to come in there with the exact same mm-hmm. confidence that they're going to win it, whether they think the game is going their way in the first half or whether it's the last two mm-hmm. seconds in the game. They just have this unwavering confidence and belief that they're going to get it done, and that is largely because of the coach. And I can say that firsthand because I've witnessed that with Coach Tomlin. Be in other places where your coach isn't as accomplished, isn't as confident in who he is in winning as well, yeah, you don't necessarily believe those guys when they tell you things. You don't necessarily believe those guys when it gets late in game situations. Right, right. You start to question their judgment because they haven't done it enough at a high level. You kind of look around right. like, all right, wh- how's this going to go wrong? But when you're with a coach like Coach Tomlin, you're with mm-hmm. a guy like Mike Vrabel, who you think about Vrabel in these past four years, what has he done since he's arrived in Tennessee and how he's shifted that culture, how he's taken Derrick Henry's game to another level, how he's you know found that the reason why Tannehill was a first round draft pick some of the things that AFC he's been able to accomplish game division multiple title. playoff appearances yeah. playoff victories that is largely because of their belief in him his preparation he has that team prepared every single game you don't see a lot of blown coverages you don't see a lot of missed assignments you don't see a lot of guys running free in terms of coming towards the quarterback blown protections they are a well coached and prepared unit and i mean that's why they are who they are in terms of being nine and four but when we look at them and we can say well they don't have the most eye-popping talent right now how are they still so successful well that's how oh mozi i swear like we swap notes number three on my list is Mike Vrabel he he's implemented a culture there in Nashville ever since he got there yeah I mean he's he's done it all but get to the Super Bowl AFC championship game division title I I think he's a very good coach even like let's not kid ourselves their roster it's it's it hasn't been terrible that's not what I'm saying but I don't think any of us have looked at the Titans roster over the last three four years and said oh yeah it's the best in football correct oh it's on par with you know where the Steelers were five years ago oh it's on par with even what the Browns are working with, the Rams, the Buccaneers, some of these things, the Bills, that we like to talk about how loaded the, ta- the rosters are with talent. I don't think we've ever really said that about the Titans. Maybe coming into this season when they went out and they got Bud Dupree and they got Julio Jones, you know, before some of the, the injury stuff started to work there. I'm I'm a big believer in Mike Vrabel. It seems like he's the only Belichick disciple that's you know been that's, successful. That's yeah. really been successful and held his own. And, you know, I always like to I, I know I've said this before. You know, Mike Vrabel's got a soft spot in my heart because I did a shot with him at the bar at the Combine in 2019 Let's in Indianapolis. Go. And when I say I did a shot with Mike Vrabel at the bar at the Combine in 2019 in Indianapolis, what I mean is me and my buddy Mike were sitting there at the bar. Mike Vrabel came up next to us, ordered some shots, and we said, cheers, coach. And we, uh. and we took a drink. And he, and, and he said, he said, have fun, boys. And he kept it moving, all right? Yo, but we took a you. shot at the bar with Mike Vrabel buying shots right next to us, all right? So I did a shot at the bar with Mike Vrabel. I love that story even more now. <laughs> that boy said, yo, he ordered his drinks. I was sitting there. I said, yo, coach, cheers. He drank. I drank. We took a shot at the bar. That's literally exactly what we did. <laughs> There's 
there's no, I'm telling you right now, there's no hey, place, sir. there's no place on earth like Indianapolis for the combine for those oh, five or six days. Oh wow, that is funny. I'm taking shots at the bar with Mike Vrabel. I'm that riding in elevators funny. with Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett. It's 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 oh, a fake man. it's a fake place for the Pete Carroll's walking around with his shirt off. Oh wow. That's pretty funny, bro. It, it, yeah, it's a, that's a good story that I always love. Yeah, I did a shot at the bar with Mike Vrabel. Yeah. You know, like, we're boys. Like, dang, you did it? What? Tell me about it. Oh, that's how it was. All right, I like it. <laughs> Motsi, I think we should save the dislikes here for the other side because I don't want to rush those, and I also obviously don't want to be late for our buddy uh, right. Brian Backo. I can work with that then, man. Rod Dallas says, though, chimes in here for his, uh, for his three Titans likes. He says their run game, their coaching – and their pass defense. The pass defense, pass is, defense is, is good, yeah. And you know what? It's I think that's maybe another credit to to Mike Vrabel and company. Obviously, he's not the only one in this conversation, but you know, I think a lot of times, Moats, the sign of good coaching is when you can take something that was perceived as a weakness, uh-huh. and you know, suddenly in an off season, it's viewed as a strength. You know, last year when the Titans won the division, but they lost to Baltimore in the first round, right at home. Remember, a lot of people were talking about the two things that held them back were their pass rush. And their secondary. Their secondary wasn't mm-hmm. great. Their pass rush was not nearly fierce enough. And that's what's holding them back. And you look, they go out and they sign Bud Dupree. The pass defense, the secondary has been much better this year. That, to me, quite often is, is a sign of, of good coaching, of good organizational stability. When you can take things that we talk about as a weakness, all of a sudden the next year they seem like strengths. That's, that, that would encourage me if I was a Titans No, fan. I would agree 100%. It would definitely encourage me as well. Like I said, man, the staple, the the impact that Mike Grable has had up there, you can see it. You can see it in all three phases, man. Things that were viewed, like you said, as weaknesses. Tannehill not being able to throw the ball. I mean, you look at him. He has changed and shown growth, like serious growth. Big Decision-making, big, playmaking, big confidence, time. clutch moments. Like, it's crazy. But like you said, man, when you're with a coach that you believe in, a coach that can get the best out of you, which Grable does, these are the results, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, it can't so, happen on Sunday, so I don't want to hear none of that. Can't happen on Sunday, yeah. though. We we ain't Mike Vrabel fans on Sunday for a few hours. Um, you well, can, you know, I thought it was once a stealer, always a stealer. That's not the case. That is true. He was. So since once a stealer, always a stealer, we're going to root for him or not? He was a first-round pick of the Steelers, wasn't he? Uh, no, I don't know if he was first-round, but I, I know he was – because he was here doing, like, when peas and stuff like that. Yeah. <sighs> now, I'm pretty sure he was a first-round pick. Let's look this up real quick. Uh, da, 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 da. And of course, my computer is crapping out. Do, 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 do. Here we go. Here we go. Do, do, do. Come on, computer. Really? Right now? I, I can't get this to load. But he was with the Steelers for four years mm-hmm. uh, 97, 98, 99, and 2000. You still haven't got that up yet, man? Bro, my my like I don't know what it is. My computer hates. He like, was a which, third round draft. Was he a third 90, round draft? Ninety first overall, nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Ah, draft. there it is. Come yep, on, out of bro. Ohio State. Come on, bro. Dude, I don't know what he it went is. to my... Walsh and Jesuit High School in Ohio. In Ohio, okay. What else you need to know, man? Uh, He's six four, two hundred sixty one pounds. He was born August fourteenth, nineteen seventy four. Hates Wikipedia all of a sudden. I don't, I don't even. It, yeah. I can't ever get Wikipedia to load, and that's the easiest place to find did out. Did you know all that, this stuff? Did you know that Mike Vrabel is forty six years and one hundred and twenty four days old? He's only 46? Pretty, and, no, pretty no, 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 no. 124 days old. Well, you yeah. know, you better make sure you calculate for the leap yes. years. He, in he, he was born in, in Akron. Uh, no, this was accounted for. He was born 46, in Akron? Yeah, born in Akron like LeBron. I was thinking Steph Curry, you know, but. Steph is not from Le, uh, from uh, Akron, though. He was born in Akron? But he's not from Akron, though. You said he was born there. But he's not from there. <laughs> this dude's from there. 
We gotta get the brain so we can get. I tell you what, you gotta be born in Akron. That's the spot to be born if you want to have a future in athletics. Uh, We gotta get the break here. Our buddy Brian Backo, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, joins us on the other side. Set the stage a little bit more for the Titans. Talk about some of these injury concerns of practice. We'll get to our dislikes as well too. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you know where to get at us if you want to get involved. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.